0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollar per order, additional term supply. Hey, this is Reed Forgrave with CBS Sports.com. You're listening to the Jake Brown Show.
1: And welcome to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Played Podcast Network. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, and Spotify and Stitcher, and follow me at Jake Brown Radio, and follow our show at Jake Brown Show. Joining us now as the NBA draft is finally here. It's here this week, Thursday, Barclays Center. I'll be there uh, tomorrow. And to join us to preview that is CBS Sports writer and GQ writer, an interesting uh, duo there, Reed Foregrave. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Reed Foregrave. Reed, I know you're in Colorado. How are you doing out there?
0: I'm good. It's Christmas for NBA teams in uh, in about 24 hours, which is uh – Exciting! You never know what you're going to get, and you never know if that toy that's sitting under the Christmas tree—the one that you really want—will end up being the toy that you end up using for years and years, or if it just gets uh, used up on Christmas morning. So, I can't wait for the draft. I think it's uh, it's just like a time of hope and it's a time of excitement for these young uh, men—you know, young men that I've followed—you know, often through high school and through their—you know, often one year in college. So, it's uh, it's a phenomenal night. It's high drama, and uh, I love it.
1: And a
0: topic we have to
1: talk about now that just came up before we get into these prospects is that toy that the Knicks have used a couple of years here who has looked good, and now that toy could be uh, shipped away, potentially. The rumors that uh, that Kristaps Porzingis is on the table uh, to potentially get traded. Does it make any sense in your right mind for the Knicks to explore a trade uh, with Porzingis?
0: Yeah, it absolutely absolutely makes sense because the Knicks, are the Knicks, and they don't do things that make sense. So, like, in the alternate, like, New York Knicks universe, like, hey, let's uh, let's destroy our franchise for the next five years. Like, sure, that makes sense. Uh, it's an idiotic move. I mean, he is, like, if you're picking 10 guys who are going to be the 10, 10 best players in the NBA five years from now, I think he is absolutely 100% on the list. Uh, so unless he is absolutely forcing his way out of New York, which would be, Incredibly ironic because remember, just a few years ago he forced his way out of Philadelphia when he said, "I'm not going to work out for you, 76ers." Uh, look at the, you know, look at his decision now. See which team has the, you know, the very bright future and which team looks like the disaster for the future. And the Knicks aren't the one on the good side of that coin. So, I think it would be an idiotic move, uh, and yet completely not surprising at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at it two ways. One is the fact that why trade a guy who's still young who you just got. For an unproven young player in the draft, and then maybe a veteran if if they do it with the Celtics, maybe a Marcus Smart in there. Um, why do that? And then there's a side of it. Well, what can the Knicks get for this guy? Is there a, is there some package in your mind? Like, is there a couple of players in your mind where Knicks fans won't be furious, or is any deal involving him make you furious as a Knicks fan?
0: I mean, what if you get if you get Jimmy Butler? Like, maybe that you're getting like an established NBA superstar. Um, that could make sense um i think jimmy butler would play well in new york you know a man of style and of substance um and a hell of a basketball player but you know short of that if you're trading this for draft picks that doesn't make any sense to me if you're trading this for for guys who aren't franchise cornerstones like porzingis is that doesn't make sense to me and frankly if you're even trading him for for like a paul george you know a possible one-year rental that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. to me so i don't know what uh, it, You know, this is such a time—the weeks leading up to the NBA draft—are such a time of like misinformation and disinformation. I tend to not take anything at face value uh, these days, and this one just seems so off the wall to me that I feel there's some sort of deeper chess game that's being played. That it's not just the Knicks are trying to trade, you know, their best player for the future. um, You know, a couple days before the draft—that that makes no sense to me.
1: And you mentioned Paul George. On the Paul George front, before we get into some of these prospects, is there a deal that makes sense for him? In my mind, why would the Lakers trade assets when you know you're probably going to sign him next offseason? And maybe uh, the deal that could make sense is maybe a love for George. But what team and fit do you think would be right uh, for Paul George to go to, really, as a one-year rental?
0: Yeah, Cavs make sense. Uh, I mean, at the same time, look, like – I get that Paul George has has said I want to be on the West Coast. I want to be in LA. I want to play for the Lakers or perhaps for the Clippers. But if you're the Lakers or the Clippers, like why would you wait and say, hey, you know he's going to go date someone else for a year? What if he falls in love? What if he falls in love with Cleveland? Okay, he's not going to fall in love with Cleveland, but he might fall in love with playing for LeBron James. He might fall in love with uh, you know getting a ring. Um, I it, it feels you know i absolutely get it like why would the lakers give up anything for a guy that they can get for you know nothing other than a whole lot of money uh, a year from now but at the same time like if there's a girl that you're in love with and and you're like hey let's uh, you know i'm taking this trip i'm going to go travel the world uh for a year uh you'll be here when i come back right like well she you know she may say she's in love with you but she isn't always there when you come back so mm-hmm it's it's a fascinating situation to me the fact that he has told the Pacers uh yeah I don't want to be back um and yet got a year to do something with me but they just he also kind of devalued his market value and also the fact that the reason the Pacers can't re-sign him is based on a media vote that didn't put him on the all-NBA team it's it's a bizarre system. It's a bizarre situation. I have no idea where Paul George uh, will end up this year. I have no idea where he's going to end up next year. But the one that makes sense to me: go win a ring in Cleveland. That, that's what the NBA is now. It's super teams. It's you get to choose the perfect fit for yourself, not an owner. To, when you're a superstar, not an owner saying, "Hey, I'm going to ship you there." You don't have a you don't have a say in it. So that's the one that makes sense to me. I don't know if it's going to happen though. It's uh, there. The, the sure are a lot of, you know, as they say in the Big Lebowski, a lot of ins, a lot of outs here.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a rental, it seems like Cleveland makes sense, and then you, you set in stone the Warriors-Cavs rematch, Part Four. Uh, Reed Forgrave joining us. Uh, the trade that did go down, that is official, is the Celtics and Sixers uh, swapping picks, and then the uh, Celtics also get. Uh, next year's Lakers pick if it is two to 2-5 as they keep compiling assets. What is your reaction from both sides to that trade?
0: I think it's a win-win for both sides. Um, look, as much as we want to say Markel Fultz is the best player in this draft and a, a, a sure thing, uh, I, mean, I think, yes, he is the best player in this draft, but I don't think he is an Anthony Davis-like sure thing. I don't think he's a Carl Anthony Towns-like sure thing. I don't think we have that level of LeBron James, like, no doubt, going to be an all-star, going to be a superstar in this draft. What this draft has are, you know, a top tier of, I'd say, around nine or ten guys who have a really good shot at being all-stars. Um, but for the Celtics to move back to three, I, I, look, I don't think Fultz fit particularly well there. And honestly, when I did my. First mock draft for CBS After I got hired about a little more than a month ago, there, um, I put Jason Tatum as number one going to the hmm. Celtics because I thought he just fit. Well, it looks like there's a pretty good chance that that could happen. That or Josh Jackson now. Um, and for the Sixers, to me, this is the completion of the process. Uh, Sam Henke, uh I think, is as you know, one year after getting canned. He's being proven as he was right all along. Um, this is how you construct an NBA team uh, to build for the future. You don't sit around that middling area. You tank. You get assets and you you get lottery tickets. Uh, look, this team has no guarantees. Like Joel Embiid, uh, is he going to be healthy? Ben Simmons still hasn't played a game in the NBA. Markel Foltz awesome. He was, you know, the MVP for the uh, you know Team USA USA under 18 team uh, last year. But you know he had a pretty uh dramatic season at washington where you know they won two pack 12 games and coach got fired he was awesome the entire time uh i tend to blame that on the players around them but uh, there is at least a small red flag there um so look the Sixers. Uh, i'm not sure there are many teams in the nba who wouldn't trade ross flip rosters for them immediately you know short of you know the Cavs, the celtics the warriors you know maybe a few other teams uh I like their future. I like their future a lot. I think Sam Hinkie is being proven as the genius that he is. Um, but at the same time, nothing's guaranteed in this league, uh, especially when you have these young, unproven rookies or you know, second, third year players.
1: Yeah, and listen, something I do think is guaranteed that you might disagree with is I think Lonzo Ball is a lock to go to the Lakers. And your in your mock draft, you have De'Aaron Fox going
0: there. Have you changed your mind, or what's your perspective on that? To me, mock drafts are supposed to be fun, man. I did a mock draft a few weeks ago that was like, "What happens if NBA teams take a, you know, they all take like a magic potion that makes them want to make a million trades?" And so I had like you know, ten different trades in the first round. Uh, look, do I think that Lonzo Ball is going to go to the Lakers? Yeah, I think Lonzo Ball is going to go to the Lakers. Do I think? De'Aaron Fox could end up being the best point guard in this entire draft five years from now? Absolutely. I think he's the best two-way guard out there. Um, he plays phenomenal defense. He is the, you know, as far as just an athlete, I think he's the best athlete. I think he's absolutely, uh, you know, there's no, not a faster player in this draft. Uh, and, you know, the big sticking point is can he shoot? he shot 24% from three uh, for Kentucky last year. If you want to go small sample sizes, though, he shot 47% from three in his final 10 games. Uh, I love Fox. Uh, I am not. I don't think the Lakers will end up taking him, but I think if they do, uh, plenty of people in L.A. will wonder why they didn't take Lonzo Ball, but I would applaud that pick. I think, uh, I, but to me, each of them are not necessarily can't miss superstars, but are in that tier where it's like, their ceiling is, for both of them is absolutely sky high.
1: Did you have your article open when you read those numbers? Because those were the exact numbers in the article, or you just memorized I, it? I,
0: I didn't. I'm actually looking at uh, Draft Express, which is a much more reliable mock draft <laughs> than mine, which are just trying to be, frankly, like, a little bit fun, like trying to have fun with it. Like, yes, they're reported. But I've, I've written so much about De'Aaron Fox, um, you know, kind of an unabashed love affair with him that pretty much has his stat line uh, memorized.
1: yeah and i've heard people say that they think um fox is the best player i had an agent tell me last week he thinks fox is the best player in the draft um sticking to point guards here who do you think the next take does malik monk fall in their lap and and do you think they make that move
0: i mean i love the idea of malik monk in madison square garden (laughs) sounds pretty damn exciting to me like that dude is absolutely electric, uh, a phenomenal personality, and a just a phenomenally talented basketball player. He's short, right? Like he's six three for a shooting guard. That's not great, but he is uh, you know out of this gym athleticism. Um, the type of guy who can go 0 for ten in the first half, and then in the second half he can score you know thirty five points and just get absolutely on fire. So I think that like I think they're in a bit of a tough spot at eight you're still in that top tier uh but you don't exactly have your choice of the uh your choice of who you want um so it's kind of a little bit more like who falls to them and if Malik Monk falls to them I think they're gonna snap him up uh, you know in a hot minute
1: who in your mind Reed is is the sleeper the the guy that's going to be a NBA all-star that nobody is talking
0: about uh Luke Kennard uh hmm. to me he's just so solid right like we talk about like lack of athleticism. I'm just like whatever. He's a white Duke guard. That's why you say he's not a phenomenal athlete. Uh, look, is he, is he Malik Monk? Is he De'Aaron Fox? Uh, is he Markel Fultz? No. But did he have a you know 38.5 max vertical? Uh, yeah, and that was you know two inches short of Donovan Mitchell, who's considered one of the better athletes in this draft. Uh, Kennard has sort of that subtle athleticism, like. I was talking to Jay Billis about him, or you know during the college season. I think Billis put this a really, really good way, like when we talk athleticism these days it 's like people are just talking running and jumping, and that 's all it is. When uh, Jay was like, you know back when I was playing, athleticism meant a lot of different things, like could you dribble with both hands? could you get into the lane? Could you make shots? like were you incredibly coordinated? Uh, Luke Kennard is all of those things he 's ambidextrous, he played. Uh, he was like an all-state quarterback for his uh, high school football team. He threw the ball right-handed, by the way, uh, even though he shoots left-handed. Uh, uh, look, is he going to be able to lock down Russell Westbrook on defense? No, but, like, who can? Uh, to me, Kennard, like, the floor on him is Kyle Korver, and that's a hell of a floor. The ceiling on him, like, is it? Is it that he's going to go win MVP? No, but can he be an all-star five years from now, a dude who's – scoring 20 points a game and is hitting, making, you know, 45% of his threes. Absolutely. Um, but, but I think to put him in the box of like, he's just a three-point shooter. I, I think that is, uh, you know, I think that's silly, frankly. I think you got to look at him as a guy who, yes, he's a hell of a shooter, probably the best shooter in this draft, um, but he's also a hell of a scorer. And, and he can create in very creative ways, high basketball IQ, all those intangibles that we love in our basketball players.
1: When we look at the second round Reed, who who in your mind is is someone that we aren't talking about that's gonna go in the second round who's gonna be a quality NBA player?
0: Oh boy, that's a great question. Um it's like a Dylan uh, Brooks, maybe? Caleb, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I think he's good. I think he's solid. Um Caleb Swanigan is a guy to mm-hmm. me who knows who he is. He knows he like I'm a rebounder, I am a hard hard worker. To me, he's the hardest worker in this draft. He's a phenomenal story a high character kid, not, not a guy who's going to be an all-star, but I think everyone who complains about his, you know, lack of size or lack of athleticism is, uh, you know, putting, putting Biggie in a box. I don't think he put Biggie in a box, uh, kind of going through the second rounders. Uh, I think Josh Hart is the Malcolm Brogdon of this draft, mm-hmm. a guy who was under-recruited to some extent, uh, who developed each of his four years in college, uh, in a really great system under a really great coach uh who can really shoot it who can really defend uh and who's a very versatile player like yes his measurables uh aren't uh, off the charts but i think he's a guy who can come in and immediately contribute to a winning nba team so i like hart a lot i like Swanigan a lot um if you're looking for a high upside guy in that second round uh, a guy who's fallen off the radar for a lot of people is edmund sumner out of uh out of xavier uh that's what happens when you tear an acl uh in college you fall off people's radars pretty quickly um but if you're a team that's patient that doesn't need him to contribute that uh that rookie season uh, i think sumner is a phenomenal athlete he's a really slithery type guy he can shoot it he can pass it uh he has the build for someone who could be you know uh five years from now we look back and be like remind me why he wasn't a lottery pick I yeah, I, I don't get it
1: a couple more minutes with Reed Forgrave CBS Sports and GQ and I want to talk about GQ because that's interesting you don't talk to a sports writer a lot who's writing for a men's magazine like GQ tell us uh, what your story you're working on out in Colorado Springs
0: yeah so so I've been uh, freelancing for them for the past oh not quite a year uh, I wrote a you know, 10,000 word massively long piece that ran in January uh, is about a high school football player uh, who died at age 24, uh, left behind all these diaries. He killed himself, and he actually had CTE from just playing high school football. Um, what I'm working on now is definitely not that type of story. It's a profile on, to me, the most intriguing coach, uh, definitely in all of college basketball and perhaps all of sports. That's John Calgary uh, from Kentucky. He is. I'm out here for the... Team USA, under-19 basketball tryouts. Just some phenomenal 17-, 18-, 19-year-olds out there. Cal's the head coach for that team. It's his first time doing that for Team USA. Uh, So it's been cool spending some time with him. Uh, Hopefully going to hang out with him after they come back from Egypt. Uh, They're going to Cairo, Egypt, to play in the FIBA World Championships in a couple weeks. Um, But, yeah, it's been uh, been pretty cool hanging with Cal. Uh, It's been even cooler seeing some of these young talented kids like Manute ball's son is out there um, a bunch of Kentucky recruits uh, a bunch of Duke Kansas recruits uh, just some absolutely phenomenal young basketball players and, and you know for the most part some pretty incredible young men
1: and is part of the story when you're doing it for like a GQ magazine is it like their style because we know Cal is a pretty fly guy his hair is always uh, perfectly in place
0: <laughs> he's uh, we were talking about his new shoes apparently Drake uh, I don't really I'm not the world's most stylish guy, especially for doing a retro TQ. Uh, so I tend to just be like, whatever, man. I'm just putting on T-shirt and shorts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cal was talking about. I think Drake released only 80 pairs of shoes that are called the Calipari set. Huh. He apparently didn't have any input on the on the <laughs> on the style of them, but he's like, hey, as far as I know, it's the first shoe named after a college coach. Um, but, yeah, I don't worry about the style. I just try to write the story, and they can take the pictures on their own. And it's, uh, that's GQ specialty, but not mine.
1: All right, fair enough. for grave CBS Sports, and GQ. Uh, enjoy the draft, man, and I appreciate you coming on the show. All right. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, man. Take care.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.